follow the rules don't take shortcuts don't think that the agencies are not watching you just because you are too small or too big doesn't mean they're not going to come after you you never know you might be on their radar maybe now maybe two years from now or three years from now so take compliance really seriously because if you think that compliance is expensive and time consuming try non-compliance because that can really make you bankrupt welcome back to compliance matters from experian employer services Every employer is familiar with the requirements of Form I-9 to verify work authorization for new employees. But hopefully, not many employers have experienced a major compliance issue that could potentially cost hundreds of thousands of dollars in penalties. For this episode, I'm joined by BJ Tucker. He's a Form I-9 expert with Experian Employer Services who shares a story about one organization that learned of serious compliance errors with their Form I-9 practices, the potential penalty that they could have been faced with, and the changes they made to resolve the issue. This episode has some great tips for Form I-9 management to streamline the process and improve compliance, as well as a cautionary tale about another company that ended up with 95 million in penalties. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thank you for joining us, VJ. Wonderful to have you today. If you could tell me a little bit in our listening audience about your background and what interests you about I-9 management. Absolutely, Maria. So I have been with Experian for two years. And prior to that, I have been with other multinational companies, including serving in the U.S. military. And through Throughout the years, I've had 14 years of I-9 experience with a good, de- with a decent experience in HR operations as well. And I find the Form I-9 to be an essential document in the employment eligibility process. So what particular interests me about this critical role is the importance of I-9 in maintaining the legal workforce in the United States with the, with the employers. And my interest basically lies in the meticulous details and the compliance which is required to complete this form accurately and timely, which is critical to both the employers as well as the employees. And depending on the industry, the error rate with regard to the I-9 compliance can range anywhere from 50% for the retail distribution centers to and hotels to like 85% in agricultural industries and it really takes less time to do the right thing than to go back and correct something and explain to the agency why you did it wrong and this is where the US immigration is so complex and dynamic and it directly impacts the I-9 regulations as well so and it's as I said it's changing it's dynamic and it brings me real challenges on daily basis Okay, that's awesome. So obviously today's conversation is about Form I-9 and specifically an example that you had of a company that found itself in this somewhat of hot water. But first, can you quickly summarize for maybe some of us that don't know or listening audience what Form I-9's role is for employers? Yes. To put it simply, Form I-9 is supposed to be used by every employer in the United States. It helps you determine the 
employment eligibility of those hired in the US by verifying their identity and work authorization. So that's simply put in like two sentences. That's what the form I-9 is, which each and every employer in the US has to follow to the T. So what does managing a form I-9 process look like in practice? Yes. So it consists of two parts, section one and section two. Section one of the form I-9 is to be completed by the employee. Section two has to be completed by the employer. And when it has to be completed, so section one, if the employee is being hired on say Monday, you complete the section one on or before the Monday, but section two has to be completed by Thursday. That is three business days after the first day of employment. And what happens is section one and section two information it gets verified against the government databases. If you participate in E-Verify, it goes through and compares the database of Social Security Administration and Department of Homeland Securities and checks the employment eligibility of those candidates to be able to work in the United States. And with the new form I-9, which is mandatory to use starting November 1, uh, they have now two different supplements like preparer translator supplement, which is supplement A and supplement B is section three re-verification. And section three re-verification, the purpose is threefold. One, when you rehire someone, you can either complete a new section three or sorry. Yeah, you can complete a new section three or do a whole new I-9. You can do it whenever there is legal name change. And the third option is if an employee is an alien authorized to work, that is an immigrant temporary authorized to work, their work authorization documents expire every few months or years. So you utilize section three to re-verify those documentation. So that's section one, section two, and section three uh, to be completed for the purposes of the form I-9. So the company that we're kind of walking through today face some challenges with their I-9 process before their transformation. Can you give us a little bit of a start to their story? What was going on? Yes. Uh, so it's, I'm not going to share the name of the organization, but it's a size like approximately 3,000 employees uh, company. And they were facing challenges with regard to their I-9 compliance. They did not participate in E-Verify. That means they were doing I-9 on paper, section one and section two, section three re-verification. And what is the main purpose of the I-9? One, verify employment eligibility. Two, to, to prevent unauthorized unemployment. Three is to prevent discrimination and maintain the legal workforce in the US. And that's where this organization really came into trouble when they audited their I-9s and identified that they were severely lagging in all this criterias that they were supposed to maintain. And yeah, I mean, it, it was 3000 employees. They initially started with the random sample audits for those I-9s. And after auditing like 10% of the I-9, they realized that this issue is much bigger than what they were expecting. So then the organization management decided, let's do a full-blown I-9 audit of all the employees involved 
with this uh, within this time frame so they audited all 3000 employees and the outcome was pretty severe it's like 83% of the i9s that they audited had some sort of technical or substantive violation associated with it and not only that they also found certain discriminatory steps or procedures undertaken throughout the process starting from the initial hiring onboarding steps all the way to the termination wow we've covered e-verify before on this podcast but can you remind our listening audience what it is yes e-verify is a voluntary program but there are certain states wherein they it is mandated to participate in e-verify and in the non-mandated states if you participate in any government contracts or if required by the law you need to participate in the program so what e-verify does is it takes the employee information from section 1 and then from section 2 of the i9 that is list a document or a combination of b and c it runs the information of the i9 through the government database which is department of homeland securities and social security administration and checks their identity as well as the work authorization if everything checks out it comes back with the employment authorization uh, result which is a green it's a go for the employer that they are good to hire and continue employment for that employee if not it can generate several several interim cases where it might require further investigation or follow up with the agency again there can be quite a quite a few challenges with e-verify i would say whether you should participate whether you should not participate it totally i say consult with your legal counsel and make sure it meets your business requirement because what happens is participating in e-verify it does show some good faith on your part taking stating that you are taking certain precautionary and extra efforts to en- in ensuring that you do not have the unauthorized workforce but just because you are participating doesn't mean that the agency is going to give you a clean sheet when it comes to the audits it it just goes in your favor a bit to show good faith but it doesn't protect you at any cost you mentioned a random sample audit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can you describe the difference between yes. this in a full blown i9 audit yes so typically an organizations what they might do is they might either use a random sampling audit which so in a random sample every individual in the organization or the population has equal chance of being selected so if you have say 10000 employee and you decide to select 10% of the samples you randomly select 10% of the uh, 10000 employees in the organization but i have also seen organization utilize systematic sampling so what happens in the systematic sampling say if you have 1000 employees and if the organization decides to audit 10% of the population which is like 100 so what they are going to do is they'll select every one every 10th person like 1 to 10 10 to 20 they'll select one out of every 10 until they reach the 
to and prepare their sampling list to audit the i9s and the organizations which are spread out and they have multiple locations throughout the US is for example they have a base in Texas Florida California New York or any of the 50 states what they might do is they might create clusters it is known as a cluster sampling wherein you select 10% of the employee population from Texas 10% from New York 10% from New Jersey and then audit those 10% of the population to arrive at the conclusion and when I was talking about the full-blown audit as in my example you literally audit everyone in the organization and it's feasible when you have like five three five seven thousand employee employees but things in terms of organization which employ hundred thousand employees fifty thousand employees that's a very very tedious task so you always go for the sample audits in such situation and back to your example mm -hmm. during one of the internal i9 audits mm -hmm. in partnership with hr and the employee relations team there were some things identified can you elaborate yes. on that yes so typically whenever the audit happens uh, a typical auditor or an agency what they are going to do is they audit only the i9s but in this particular case the auditor also requested the hr to and reached out to their employee relation and compliance team and asked them if they are able to provide any escalation from the terminated employees active employees and the candidates if any of them have raised any concerns with regard to onboarding or i9 they so the agents the auditors ran through each and every escalation that the employee relation team might have received and what they found is there were multiple instances wherein an alien authorized to work who are temporary again i'm going to highlight more on aliens and stuff later on but what they found is aliens authorized to work were the ones to typically complain about how discriminatory their managers were and they were not accepting their unrestricted social security card for the i9 purposes and with regard to the doc i9 documentation an employee can present any document from list of list a or a combination of list b and c documents for the i9 in this case the managers were being discriminatory per the employees escalation but what did hr do on this escalation they did nothing literally on investigation what they found is the employee relation team instead sent them a standard template back stating there were other candidates better qualified and that's were that's why they proceeded to move with someone else they never addressed the concern that was that was raised by these candidates and the employees further investigating this what happened is they interviewed the hr managers the recruiters they went through the job description and they identified that the refugees and the asylees who happened to be applying for this particular jobs they were denied employment because they presented their unrestricted social security card why because the manager believed that as an alien as an immigrant in this country you cannot have the unrestricted social security card so the manager forced the employees to provide them with foreign passport with i-94 
or an employment authorization document but here's the catch typically that's true that an aliens would not have an unrestricted social security card but there are exceptions like refugees and asylees they have the unrestricted social security card and they are permanently authorized to work in the united states and for those who do not know what a refugee and an asylee means and what's the difference between the two so a refugee is someone who applies for protection while they are overseas and enters the united states as a refugee whereas an asylum seeker is already at the port of entry or they are already in the us and they fear for their life or repercussions back in their home country so they apply for the asylum so both the asylees and refugees there is some overlap but and both are authorized to work in the us so that's what the initial audit found this discriminatory practices were widespread throughout the organization just based on certain assumption that an immigrant cannot have an unrestricted social security card do you think it may be common for issues to exist with employers form i9 process but they just aren't aware similar to the situation that you're bringing up yes uh this issues are much common than the employers would really like to accept it because employers consider this i9 task just as a regular onboarding task like background checks getting the tax information payroll selection benefit enrollment etc so yes uh, i9 task is an important onboarding task that can literally hit your bottom line and employee experience if it's not properly managed and one of the common issues with the i9 is not timely completing it not accurately completing it not retaining the documentation especially if they are two sided like green cards or employment authorization document driver's licenses or asking for a specific documents right so in the example i gave you of this corporation after the thorough investigation with the hiring managers and the recruiters what we found that they were specifically requesting foreign passport with i94 or employment authorization document i766 and what we found during the audit that they were in violation of unfair immigration related employment practice for protected class which is asylees and refugees as well as unfair documentary practices and they were not aware of this right they just it just became part of their business practice and they kept doing what they were doing believing that's the right thing to do so yes issues exist across the employers the thing is they may not be aware that the problem is there so if an issue were to be found what would be the next step <laughs> uh, yeah so since you asked me what is going to be the next step i'm going to tell you like there are i might actually give you 11 steps i actually wrote a blog around this so there are 11 things that you can do to ensure that uh compliance is being followed during an audit if you identify something to begin with the employers are treating i9 as the stepchild to be frank they do not get the respect and love they deserve it's just a random task on the side it needs to be taken really seriously so number 1 whenever you identify an issue 
document the issue like in the example i gave you of this organization they investigated the issue and what they did next is they documented everything and had an audit trail but what organization organization do is they try to hide it so don't be like an ostrich just because you hide your head in the sand doesn't mean the problem has gone away if you try to hide the mistakes it doesn't go away it's still gonna be there and sooner or later the agency ice is going to catch catch up to you second always review the applicable regulation always review the i9 central e-verify department of justice iER sites to make sure you are up to date notify the employees because it's their i9 their information and they deserve they have the right to know if something is not right with their i9 make the correction to the i9 just in the example i gave the employers went back they consulted with the management team external consultants and they built the new standard operating procedures they trained the employees they made sure that they provide necessary resources to the managers and to the candidates to ensure that such discriminatory practices do not repeat in the future consult with the legal lawyer from step number one to step number 11 your counsel should be with you throughout the process retain the accurate records retain all the communication you have had with the all the stakeholders recruiters employers uh, employees managers anyone involved in the process maintain the communication record always audit the i9s and maintain the compliance program so and when i say maintain the compliance program it mainly focuses on standard operating procedures training internal auditing and retention and storage guidelines and the example that i shared with those 3000 employees so i have a list in front of me of what action they took in order to remediate so the first step they did was they built a thorough sop they trained their staff they had a standard cadence after the audit like every three months every staff member involved with the i9 had to go through a certain training which was documented in their system they updated their job description to be more inclusive and be non-discriminatory they came up with the non-discriminatory policy and i've never seen an organization do this but this particular organization provided language assistance to the employees who were lacking their english english proficiency as especially to help them with the i9s a reporting schedule was built by them so every bi-weekly they ran a report for the i9 for section 1 section 2 receipt section 3 ensuring they were staying compliant to the applicable laws and the most courageous thing they did is they reached out to the employees who were initially rejected unfairly and they were discriminated against so they voluntarily reached out they apologized and asked them to reapply for the open positions that they might have now or in the future so and yeah and finally always seek the expert guidelines so just as when you are sick you go to the family practitioner if you're more sick you go to the specialist same here if you know you are having an issue go to your i9 doctor and a specialist who, who might help you identify the problems you might not know is currently existing 
I want to get a better idea of what's at stake with the Form I-9 compliance violations. What is the largest penalty you've ever heard of? Okay, the largest penalty I've heard of is from 2017. It was with Aspirin Tree Experts, $95 million. And this is a really interesting story is this part an agency sent out an audit notice to this particular employer and upon receiving the notice what the employer did is they fired the unauthorized workers and the remaining unauthorized workers they already quit because some of them were being fired so they quit voluntarily after a few weeks many of those fired and quit voluntarily they were rehired and when they were rehired the managers utilized someone else's documents like someone else's social security number and driver's license to run for them so it's like i'm being employed but my and i'm utilizing say andrew's social security card and driver's license to be employed in the united states and the management was aware of it and the reason they did this is because they wanted to be competitive because the competitors were following the legal process and doing it the right way so and when you do it the right way it's time consuming right you go through the application tracking system you go apply for the job you get interviewed you have to complete the i9 section one to present the documents they did not follow any of these steps they were like oh you don't have the work authorization not a problem i got you you come you come i utilize someone else's identity to get you hired so this is how they were able to stay competitive in the market because they never ran out of the workforce and they were and they knew they were doing it it's not like they weren't aware of it they were willfully blind and hence the agency was really not happy with how it worked oh man scary stuff <laughs> What's an example of how an employer can streamline their Form I-9 processes? What are some best practices? Uh, the best practices is, I would say, the one I discussed before those 11 points is, so uh, rule number one, go electronic. Again, going electronic is not going to solve all your problems. So as of now, the employers might have like 60, 70% error rate. If they go electronic, it's not going to be zero. No system is perfect. But at least that 60, 70% is going to drop down drastically to maybe 2, 3, 5% error rate. Because wherever humans are involved, employees and employees are involved, mistakes are bound to happen. But going electronic, it's going to save employers a lot of risk manpower. Uh, resources as well as time so go electronic that's my number one thing and what you can do to stay compliant is follow the rules don't take shortcuts don't think that the agencies are not watching you just because you are too small or too big doesn't mean they're not going to come after you you never know you might be on their radar radar maybe now maybe two years from now or three years from now so take compliance really seriously because if you think that compliance is expensive and time consuming, try non-compliance because that can really make you bankrupt. So in the same example that I initially gave with the employee, employer with 3000 employees, based on our initial internal audit, we determined like 
the penalty would range somewhere between 450,000 to 550,000 just for few employees who are unauthorized to work in the US along with additional substantive and the technical errors that we identified so yeah go electronic follow the rules make sure you train your employees make sure you have the standard operating procedure everything has to be documented and i would say consider self auditing i'm not saying audit every month every quarter at least once a year do sample auditing maybe 10% of the population 20% if you were a small organization do the full blown audit for the first year and starting second year you can do random audits 10 20% of the employee population so that will really help you stay compliant not 100% compliant it's not going to happen it's a myth but at least you are going to be there to a stage where the agency is going to be happy about happy about it well thank you so much for hanging out with me today and being on the podcast we are always looking for new tips and tricks and love to talk about i9 so thank you thank you thank you maria thanks for having me of course yeah